Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Jenna Cameron, John Ritchie. It is 94 WIP. For a screen day tickets, we are giving away today. You got to tell us something lame. Green Day certainly not lame. Let's get to today's Twitter poll question of the day. That's not lame either. Well, unless it depends on how you feel about the answer. Today's Twitter poll is brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. After you visit the Philly Auto Show, visit Armin Chevrolet for a great deal on a new or pre owned Chevrolet. Together, let's drive ArminChevy.com. Today's question. Do you feel better or worse about the Eagles after yesterday's press conference? A, better, B, worse. You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. We'll play more of the audio this segment and certainly as we move through the whole program today. Also, uh, John uh, Harbaugh, Jimmy Harbaugh, new head coach of those. Uh, don't call them the San Diego Chargers, even though you guys know I probably always will. <laughs> uh, the Chargers, I'll say. Uh, John Harbaugh to the Chargers, your reaction? Jim. Harbaugh. What I said. It's funny because you got it right the first time, uh, but then you John. just said John Harbaugh no, no, the Chargers. No, no. no, it's. I like John more. Yeah, me too. Yeah, John. having met John Harbaugh, I liked him quite a bit. Well, both have done an awful lot. Oh, oh they're unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Successful, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, this is. It, this hurts for U of M fans. Oh, that's everywhere. your mind. Yeah, that is uh, that's problematic, but it, good for him. He's. Certainly, I, I think his last two years in the NFL, he was down there as a backup with the Chargers. And uh, Did he cut and run because of uh, eh, scandal? Maybe. Don't know. Yeah, Pulled a Pete Carroll? Not sure. <laughs> I know that he led him to a national championship. Sure did. And the guy is a great coach. And he's going to – he's not just a great coach at the, at the college level. We watched him in San Francisco. I think they were three straight NFC championships – yeah, I think 12, uh, 13, were, 13 wins or something like that. Yeah. He was legit, legit. No, he and, and Greg Roman was his offensive coordinator. They were power run the football yep. oriented. So they're going to have that. You know, and, and that's what they did at Michigan also. He loves to run the ball with that gap scheme, the power stuff. You mix in the, the zone blocking. But now you got Justin Herbert throwing the football. He's going to have success. You frustrated that that uh, Sirianni's here and Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's not. I would have yes, yeah. yes. He's a better coach than what we have. Look at you go yes, yes. What are you, Meg Ryan over yes, there? Yes, a thousand <laughs> times yes. Yeah. All right, let's, I'll have what he's having. No, it's it's, it's it, Joe. It is it is a travesty. It's a shame. It the, all of these talented minds out there available, and we're sort of just 
staying status quo, stuck yeah. in the mud. And that's where we were. It was stuck in the mud. We have to bring in offensive and defensive coordinators to figure out the mud, to extract us from the mud. All right, let's get to Andrew in Havertown. Andrew, what'd you make of that yesterday? Good morning, Joe. Good morning, John. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Joe, a little different from when you called me last year before the Super Bowl, right? Oh, my God. You are not kidding, man. Holy had, mackerel. You, know, you and I talked at length for about like three minutes, and I was like really excited because like, you guys were back in the Super Bowl, and I'm like, this could be a really good time for us. Yesterday was an absolute disgrace. I don't know what the point of having Nick Sirianni as the head coach anymore is. I don't, I don't understand um, what his purpose is here. If it's not his offense, if it's not his uh, philosophies, and they're bringing in you know, other coordinators to coach their philosophies, then what is Nick Sirianni's job? You listen, that's a big question. I mean, head I, coach, he told he, you yesterday. Yeah, head coach. Yeah. But, you well, know. but then coach. when pressed, he, he didn't really know. No. That that's yeah. my issue. Yeah, the whole when, thing when about pressed, dropping in the defensive meetings that was bad. That was bad. I mean, I, so here, so you know what I would have done, Joe? After that game in Tampa, I would have been if I if I was Jeffrey Lurie before I went and bought a um, yacht in St. Martin. I would have taken Howie and um, Nick to Little Cuba in Miami, got them a couple of beers, bought them a couple of Cubanos, had to sit down with them and like, what the hell happened? After that discussion is what I would have probably let like let go of Nick Sirianni. I mean, have it been more? You know, uh, you know, a cutthroat. Then having them to having them spend days and weeks trying to develop a plan to show him, like, oh, we know what the hell we're doing. Andrew, let me, Andrew, let me ask you a question. I want you to really think about this because I don't know the answer to this question, but it's something I wonder, and I just want you to consider it. Do you think there's a possibility Nick Sirianni is is actually an excellent NFL head coach in every way, except things that involve scheming? the side of the football he came from, meaning Joe, all the other stuff. Because there is a chance Lurie believes that. No, 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 no there is a chance. He told that. us that's what he liked best. He no, told I, us that's what he was best I know it's, at. I know it's what he liked best. Of, no, 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 of, during game Different week. question, different question. Everything else. Andrew, do you think there's a chance he's really good at everything else and that's why Lurie kept no. him? No, you know Mike Tomlin? You know Mike Tomlin's been at two Super Bowls. He won one. He's still been with the Pittsburgh Steelers for, what, 15 years now? Do you think that Jeffrey Lurie holds Nick Sirianni in the same regard as Mike Tomlin? Probably not. Look, when so, Mike Tomlin walks in a room, and I've never been in a yeah. room with him, but let's be real, I am yeah. sure if I was in a room with Mike Tomlin, I'd be entirely aware that Mike Tomlin just walked in the he room. He also has a resume to support you know that what, and James, experience and all let that. Let me tell you something. I bet you when Mike Tomlin replaced Bill Cowher, I bet you in 07, I think it was, Look, I, I bet you he I'm walked right Tomlin in that room. I'm a Mike Tomlin guy. I'm not trying but to rip Mike Tomlin. much gravity. I'm and just yeah, saying he has gained gravity over yeah. time. He has, but I. But some guys just have it. Yeah. Dan Campbell? Yeah. Dan Campbell <laughs> has it. I think you're both right. I love Dan Campbell. Andrew, give me a big answer. What's kind of lame? Being an adult is kind of lame. Wow. All right. That's a great answer. Adulting. Yeah, or saying adult the way Andrew just said. What in the world? <laughs> being an adult. Uh, it's not as good as being a kid. I'll, I'll admit that. No doubt. Um, it's not as good as being a kid. Uh, 215-592-9494. Today's show is sponsored by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. You're in the zone. New users get up to $1,000 casino bonus back if you're down in the first 24 hours. Bet Parks. You must be 21 and in PA, New Jersey, Ohio, or Maryland. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLE. All right, by the way, I did it in the last five minutes, six minutes. I got to come clean here. Not come clean. I, I got to say I am clean. I paid my $1, and I believe it was 71 oh, cents for my Coca-Cola. Nice. Congrats, buddy. So I just went. I'm a man of honor, man of integrity. I took a Coke yesterday. 
from the company because the company's computer that is supposed to be able to track yeah, purchasing wasn't uh, uh, working. You were well, it, it only uh, misfires <laughs> and fails to work for you, though. Well, we yeah. also have limited time sometimes human. in a commercial break. Like, we're right back on the air. So it's like, l- let's go. I'm not, it takes listen. two seconds. Hey, listen, it really is if you guys want to hold down the floor without me next time that happens, I'll gladly just hang out there and, you know, buy a Coke and buy a, a steak and buy a, well, there's no steaks out there. But I'll do that. But I feel like you... You need me on Why that wall. Why does it wall. take you longer? You want me on that wall. A lot of you get mad action these <laughs> wow. days. You're right. <laughs> All right, 215-592-9494. But my debt has been paid. Let's go to Ken Cinnaminson. Hi, Ken. Guy. Good morning, friends. How are you today? What's up, What's Ken? Up, Ken? Well, I, I'm glad to see we're still overreacting to press conferences around here. It's nice to know that uh, uh, after 59 years on this earth, some things never change. Uh, but Ken, I, there I, are I, things you can discern. Like it was very Ken. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a whopper from yesterday. That the new offensive coordinator will be the one to call plays. That's not an insignificant fact from yesterday's press conference. So, Joe, let me give you a counterpoint to that. Okay. Nick Sirianni's first press conference ever was his introductory press conference, and everybody on this radio station was absolutely sure they discerned that he was a boob and was going to be a disaster. 34 and 17 later, mm-hmm. they're all wrong. So Hold on, you're, you know, you're, you're, no, you're, mixing, you're mixing things, Ken. What is your reaction to the announcement yesterday that the new guy will call plays? The old guy called plays. The guy before him who's now a head coach called plays. Yeah, but, so did, but so did Sirianni in parts of two seasons. Ken, what it, in my opinion, and, look, and I'll just tell you in my opinion, in my opinion what it means is Laurie and Howie looked at him in the last week. They looked at Sirianni and said, you will not call plays, which means they don't believe in him. Well, he did Joe, not you, call plays in 2022, Joe, and they went to the Super Bowl. Joe, you said something a few minutes ago, and, and it just points up. You, you want to talk about lame. <laughs> it just Uh-oh. points up. The, it just points. You said, what is the possibility that Jeffrey Laurie and Nick Sirianni just, or, or, and, and Howie Roseman, just think Nick Sirianni yeah. is an excellent head coach. And I was sticking up for the them for that possibility. He's as many games as he's lost. Yep. And you, you make it sound like it's this radical possibility that the guy's an excellent head coach. Well, they oh, never missed the playoffs. Wait, wait a second here, Ken, because there's an easy retort to that. Barry Switzer, one of the great college football coaches of the, of the 20th century, a bad NFL head coach. Not average, bad. Why did he win when he won? Because he had talent. He had talent. Nick Sirianni in 2022 had tremendous talent. And by the way, before we crown Sirianni's 2021, when they did reach the playoffs and it was unexpected, let's not act like they won 11 games. They won nine. They had the easiest schedule in football. I mean, you know, nine and eight is not exactly, you know, 12 and freaking four. Well, so coming off. Coming off four and freaking eleven and one, when the team was a disaster. Yeah, was, was, but a, Carson a was such a big part of that. And I told Ken, everybody that. Ken, our, our our coach Nick Sirianni was supposed to be the next Mike McDaniel. You know, he was supposed to be the next vibrant young mind, offensive play caller who was gonna, you know, do great things and and spin us in, in a new direction. But John, now maybe they're hiring someone to spin us in a new direction because this coach isn't creative. And he's not established. He's not inventive. He, he's not interesting as a play designer. It, he failed at doing what they asked him to come in here and do. And now it's like they're saying, hey, it's okay. Yeah, they're more. He'll just go in a different direction. Right. 
And, or, and John, the, the only common thread, the, the only redeeming quality that we know of is that Nick will agree to what they or what they real, Or what they really want is not the next Mike McDaniel, next John Harbaugh, the, the, the true CEO head coach who all he does is win football games. Like I mean, maybe we're, we're missing just, we're missing the key the key fact here. I've been by coached way, by John Harbaugh, and and I'm telling you, there is a magical quality to being around a coach that has that sort of charisma and gravity. Try try Dick Vermeil when we talk yeah. to him on our show, we can feel it through the phone. I right, can. You're gonna get the reference because you're a historian. What John basically just said is what Lloyd Benson said to Dan Quayle. Senator, I served with John Kennedy. I knew John Kennedy. Sir, you are no, no John Kennedy. You are no John Kennedy. That that's what yeah, Benson was, said to Quayle. And and that to I'm, me is I'm what Benson John lost. said. Yeah, Benson lost, Benson but he lost. didn't but he didn't and lose because Quayle was on the other to side. To be fair, we've never we've never been in a locker room with Nick Sirianni. We don't know, know. what he's like I in know. a locker room. And for what I, I mean, know. like yeah. player like Jason Kelsey told us he's the best at those meetings he's ever had. By like, the way, Ken, your your retort of uh, Benson loss is pretty good. That was a good one. All right, uh, Ken, give me a great answer. What's kind of lame? I hate to break it to you, Joe, but um, Pizza Hammer's getting kind of lame. You know, oh, no. Wow. Dude, they, I agree. They got to pick up the game. Pick there were, it up. There were three callers online who had some version of that type of answer well, for what it's worth. Pick it Your the record, up. the whole thing. People people are not a fan of Pizza Hammer right look, now. Let me look at this record. Uh, 237 and 39. Someone, hey, listen. Try to Could knock, be a winning guys, answer. you got to be better. Try to knock me off the porch or the perch. Is it the porch or perch? Perch. perch. Look, I'm on the perch, man. Well, knock me off and the you didn't have to look off. at your paper to know your record. No, I actually did because what's been happening lately, I've been winning at such a clip. Oh. It, it all goes together. It's like when the Eagles were winning. Are they 7-1? Are they 8-1? Are they 6-1? I don't know. They just kept winning. And then they didn't. So there's hope for you out there. Step up your game. 2-1-5-5. No- ah, yeah! Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. You are so cruising for a bruising. <laughs> it's been forever. It really has. I mean, over five spring. over five months. People are not happy. That's the real key. Hey, here. man, dominance you know, is dominance. We're supposed to make the our goal is to to make the audience happy to entertain here. Look, so. it's like Patrick Mahomes, the six straight conference title games. You got to give the people what they want, Joe. When, when you're great, you're great. The hammer, Joe to camera, John Ritchie, the toilet. Ready. All right, coming up, Sirianni and Howie, a lot of what they said, a lot of what they said, including some of the most notable things from yesterday, that and more on 94 WIP. Hey, resolve to take care of your car this year and schedule an appointment for your car at United Tire. From new tires to, new tires to oil changes to state inspections and everything in between, the highly skilled technicians at United Tire are happy to work around your schedule to do whatever work your car needs, no matter the make, no matter the model. Let United Tire help get your new year in gear by taking your car there to your locally owned United Tire. There are eight different locations throughout the Delaware Valley, eight of them. So find the location nearest you by visiting unitedtire.com. Again, that's unitedtire.com. You guys, you know the saying, you've been hearing it for years. Take care of your car and it will take care of you for a long, long, long time. Do it at United Tire. So much more than just tires. United Tire and service. Don't drive alone. Drive United. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. 
Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Brought to you by Bet Parks Casino. Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni spoke about the implosion of the Eagles at the end of their season. One of the main reasons, the defense and the demotion of Sean Desai. Roseman says it was Sirianni's call. A coach comes to me and tells me kind of what he's thinking. Um, no different than um, when he decided to give Shane the play calling duty. And he said, hey, this is what uh, I'm going to do. Um, I trust him with the coaching staff. That's his responsibility, just like... He trusts me with my front office staff, and um, that's how we're structured here. That's how the relationship works. He had made up his mind. He had made a decision, and I'm going to support him. Vic Fangio parted ways with the Dolphins, and by most accounts, likely will land with the Eagles as their new defensive coordinator per ESPN's Adam Schefter on the offense. Eagles reportedly interviewed Texans quarterback coach Gerard Johnson. New users get up to $1,000 bonus if down in the first 24 hours. Must be 21 and in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, or Maryland. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Periods of rain today, high 55. It's currently 46. To listen to 94 WIP, just download the free Odyssey app or tell your smart speaker to play 94 WIP. Well, I'll tell you this, by waiting, I believe, 31 minutes yesterday to start that press conference, they certainly did not give the people what they want. And and how about the irony of the apology to start the press conference being about a nine-day delay when we're all like, well, I guess that's one way to look at it, but it's like, dude, where you been the last Joe, half Joe, it's all I could think about. Right? I'm like, he's about to tell us why they're 30 minutes late, and he's like, he acted yeah. like it was like Wednesday of the week of the game. I... And by the way, like the almost implication, nothing to see here as it relates to you know, Sirianni's job status is just phony baloney. I Business mean, they, as usual. They yeah. obviously, obviously considered I'm offended. Them. Like, I, I think it is somewhat offensive that they felt that was appropriate. That's the best the organization could do to sell, the, sell this idea to us, the fan base. You know, you start the press conference with an excuse 
about why you were late. Uh, you were a week late, over a week late, and you weren't even ready to present a coherent plan for this team when you finally did show up. So I don't up. mind. That's the, the biggest problem. Let me be clear. I don't mind the week late I need thing a plan. because. Well, no, but hold on, hold on. They they can't come out there last Wednesday when they don't know last Wednesday whether the coach is the coach. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the week, week and a half delay. I, I think it's appropriate, not inappropriate. It meant they were seriously considering it. 100%. 100%. But the 30 minutes late thing, that was and, – and by the Yesterday, way, full, the dis- dead- hold on one second. full disclosure, everyone listening, Eagles sent out information to media members, and it did indicate 2.30 uh, – I believe it was, was it 2.30? Right? 2.30. Yeah, an approximate time. But, Around 2.30. But, but, yeah. but, you know, come on. I mean, the, the reality is there's a way the world really works. And if you put out a thing at two thirty, because you're not just—it's not about us. I mean, it's a little bit about people that are going to be there and every. There's there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people that want to tune in and listen to that. Hundreds of thousands. If you took their lunch if break, not at millions of people. I think it was. I mean, I was furious. I texted you about yeah. it, but I think the Fangio news tells us what happened. I think they were talking to Vic Fangio. You know what they you? might have been, but you know what, James, you tell Fangio. Wait, hey, we'll listen, talk after. Listen, Holmes. I agree. We'll talk to you in forty-five minutes. I mean, really. Where's he going? He wanted to be here last year. I mean, he just left the Miami Dolphins because he wants to be here. So you don't have to talk to – if – and we don't even know that they were. If they were talking to Vic Fangio in that half hour, you just tell the dude, hang on a second here. I mean, come on. Really. All right, 215-592-9494. Let's play some audio of Sirianni. You know, there wasn't much information yesterday relevant to Hurts. There really wasn't. Um, but there was some information about, you know, the new offensive coordinator as it relates to Jalen Hurts, as it relates to, uh, you know, how involved he'll be in the process of, of being hired and, and, all, and all that sort of stuff. We're going to get to that audio coming up shortly here because, you know, there was uh, – it was – all right, let's listen to Sirianni talking about Jalen and whomever the new offensive coordinator becomes. I'll keep him um, aware of things that, that he needs to be aware of. Um, and, you know, keep him in the loop of that because, you know, that he's, he's our guy. And, and, and uh, you know, it's really important that, that those two guys are going to work hand in hand to, to make sure that we're, we're getting back to where we need to be. Just really quickly, did you have to consult with Jalen about your decision to let Brian go? Yeah, you know, obviously we, we talk about everything um, and we, we communicate on everything. Um, won't get into specific uh, discussions on, you know, what we talk about. But, yeah, we, we, we discuss everything. You know, John, there's so many mysteries about um, on the Eagles, so many mysteries. One, one of the mysteries that we truly don't know the answer to is um, how frayed or not had the Jalen Hurts-Brian Johnson thing gotten. I mean, we all know, obviously, going back to when Hurts was a kid, there was a relationship there through, you know, uh, the father, but we've also seen reports recently that indicate Hertz and Brian Johnson weren't on the same page anymore. And by the way, people that are on the same page sometimes aren't on the same page. That that's not an inconceivable concept. So, mm-hmm. you know, like and reports that there were people in that building who were very upset that Brian Johnson was in their minds scapegoat. There's that report also. Yeah, there's 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 also that report. So, you know, it it is entirely possible that Sirianni kind of rolled over here. Um, Entirely possible. I mean, it, I, I think he did. I think all the clues point to <laughs> yeah. that is exactly what happened. Yeah, he canned his coaches. Yeah, he canned his coaches and saved his job by acquiescing. And I mean, that's that's and the, I believe that's what happened. The problem here is like we are aware of of, of that. You know, like everyone in that building also is aware of that. 
and it it just doesn't reflect well on Nick Sirianni and the respect that yeah. others in that building will have for him. Let me tell you what I think reflects the worst on Sirianni, who, by the way, I do have great sympathy for. I mean, I'm seeing that I guy too. yesterday, and like he he and even Howie, they they just look like beaten down guys. I mean, they they look like they had been through. Like in the washer and dryer cycle for for ten straight weeks, and yeah. they just emerged, and it's like, wow, this is the world. And it's like, yeah, well, this is the world. Um, it but here, hard. here's the thing, because there's a lot right now that doesn't reflect well on Sirianni. The thing, in my opinion, that reflects the worst on him, is that in the midst of adversity in December and in January, he was completely unable to pull the Eagles out of the nosedive offensively, not defensively. They didn't have players. And it's not his real area of expertise, although I wish he probably had more of it. But offense is supposed to be his game. And like yesterday, you hear a plan of action. Granted, it's undefined, but a plan of action of of what the offense will be next year. Namely, they're going to hire a new coordinator, and that coordinator will, you know, run the offense. Think about okay. what you're saying. But he was not capable in December and January. Of pulling. Like, right. How do you not decode think, what's going on and figure it out before well, the playoff game? Think about think about that concept, what they've just set up right now. This coach, this head guy, Nick Sirianni, he's unable to fix what we have going on. He's unable to fix what's broken with this team. But it's okay because we can go outside and yeah. hire someone to come in. Like, don't you think that skews the whole – dynamic of how the players perceive whoever this I do. miracle offensive coordinator is, whoever this you know miracle defensive coordinator, probably Vic Fangio, is going to be. Uh, you know, like, if, if these are the guys who can save it, yeah. then the head coach has, I mean, he's already been diminished by this front office sure. in terms of the way everyone perceives him, of the power that he can convey and control. Right. Like, he is smaller than ever well, because here, of the way they've dealt with it. Let me address one more thing and then write to the calls, and we're going to play a lot more audio of these guys from yesterday. So, James, you brought up the point earlier, and you make a, you know, fairly compelling case that a head coach, there are plenty of examples where the coach has not called the offense or defense. You cited Tomlin, you cited Harbaugh, and, and they're – Tremendous case. Dan Campbell, but two, two Campbell. alive right now, two yeah. out of four. I mean, look, I think Harbaugh and Tomlin are, are both going to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so it totally can work. But I will say this, and obviously we're not we're not in Baltimore, we're not in Pittsburgh. We don't know the nitty gritty of there. I would tell you that I think it's likely that Tomlin and Harbaugh are better when they put their foot in the room of getting involved on either offense or defense than Sirianni is. Like, I, I view what happened in December and January as a tremendous strike against Sirianni that he was not able to ward off the staleness, and they used that word yesterday, staleness. Like, I can't – and I'm not saying Harbaugh and Tomlin are perfect, and by the way, they're also high-end. I mean, they're going to be in the steps of Canton someday, so it's a, it's a tough thing to judge against, but – I, I just look – I mean, James, how do you explain that Sirianni in December and January could not figure out a way to change the offense? I, I mean, work? I think there's a ton of different things that go into it. I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl. I think it was a long run. I think they were kind of beat up and tired. Is this the tired. tired argument? No, I just think it's – I am a, so I think sick there's of a the lot tired went, I'm, I'm just saying I think there's a lot of factors that went into it. What I'll say is <laughs> – John, the coach is tired. To your point, Everybody's though, tired. to your Does point, like, n- I don't think Nick work? should figure it. Nick is not the person to figure out an offensive issue. He's not but an offensive genius. Don't you think Tomlin and Harbaugh have that in them? Tomlin, I mean, Mike Harbaugh, I mean, John Harbaugh was a special teams coach. No, no, but but I don't you think after being a head coach for 15 years? 15 John... years, Nick's been a head coach for three. And, again, when was Nick most successful as a head coach? 
2022. Right. When he had someone calling the plays and he had someone running the defense and he was able to worry about everything else. Like, that's what we're doing again. So you like I this think, power yeah, structure? Yeah, I think this is the right power structure for Nick Sirianni. Look, if you they got rid of Nick Sirianni, that's fine. Go a different way. But if you're going to keep Nick, this is the exact right way to do it. All right, look, let's get your reaction. What do you make of what James just said? Is he on to something? I think most people are not thinking that way, but do you think there's wisdom in what he just said? Let's get to Dan in Philadelphia and your reaction to yesterday. Good morning, Dan. Morning, guys. How are we today? We're, we're all right, man. Dan. Yeah. I think it was a complete train wreck yesterday. Oh, and by the way, Joe, I think you would pull your groin just getting into the luge, so you wouldn't <laughs> make it down. <laughs> so that's funny. you're right. Strapping in um, is just too much for him. And for it. sure. Yep. Uh, complete train wreck yesterday. I mean, imagine going to your boss right now, Joe. You and John. After how long you had the morning show at this point? Yeah, About 11, a year. Eleven months. Yep. Okay, and then saying. That's it. That's all my ideas. That's all I got. Can you hire somebody else to come in and tell me what to do? Like, that's it. Like, that's crazy that he's two, two and a half years, not three, because I consider the last seven, seven games that he just ran out of ideas. As he said, his words, nobody else's. The offense got stale. I need new ideas. How do you just, you get hired to be whatever, the future coach with this fresh stuff, and you're already out of ideas within two and a half years. Like, Two and a half seasons, you're completely out of ideas on what to do that you now have to hire somebody else to come in and give you new ideas. James, what's your retort to that? Offensively, I I don't want Nick coming in with the new ideas offensively. Nick has proven over three years that he's not an offensive genius guy. He's a leader of men guy. He should be that type of head coach. He lead the men. He, he, have, he didn't lead them over the past seven games. He did he, until he, the last seven games. Yes, it fell apart. But And again, it might fall apart early this year, and it might not work out. But he has done a lot of good here over his three years, and he I'm had seven saying, bad weeks at the end. But that's that's my point. He has It's like he he's done. All his ideas, all his motivation, everything he walked. It's like going in with, with a binder. And, you know, you say, let me see your pages of what the idea is. And then, like, it ends on page four. <laughs> but you have 50 blank pages left over. And you're like, well, what yeah. are those? So I, I don't know. I just have four pages. All right, Dan, it's, give me give me an answer for something kind of lame. Well, well, my answer was you beat the hammer record, but that guy took it. But, uh, I mean, Dude, people you, watch. You go, you go out there and get 237 wins sometime. Well, I, it's, never mind. Uh, <laughs> people, people watch the NFL for everything, pressures, everything, yep. but they will not watch it for the Pro Bowl. It's completely lame. Always well, it doesn't exist anymore. So you got to start with that. It, there is no Pro Bowl. So it would have been a potential winning answer two or three years ago, but it's done. Now they now have this thing called the Pro Bowl Games, which if you had said that, you might have won with that answer. I haven't seen that yet. I think that thing has existed for a year or so. John, you made the point early in the show. his answer counts. No, it doesn't. I mean, he said the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl does not exist. Definitely doesn't count. Well, does not putting exist. putting my mind around that event. Uh, well, then say the freaking Pro place. Bowl games. No, say Pro it. Pro Bowl games. Yeah. Well, it's, it's I'm diff- just, I, I'm taking that step for him. I'm not like, doing I'm picturing it. the whole games for him. All right, let's get to Sirianni because we just referenced the staleness and the downturn of the offense. Here is Nick Sirianni yesterday on the downturn. We clearly saw, particularly late in the year, with the Eagles offense. Why did the offense get so stale? Was it because of the quarterback, the play callers? Why did it We all have our we all have a hand in it. Uh, we all have a hand in it and I'll take in anything that happens on that field will always start with with me. I don't care if that's offense, defense or special teams. Um, and so I'll be the, the be on the front of that of, you know, where the, the staleness came from. Um, you know, um, 
but they, but we did. You know, there was things that we we look at, and you know that we can we can do better, right? And whether that's the the pass game, whether that's the run game, whether that's the protections, there's there's parts of that in all areas that we look at and be like, ah, you know, that that wore its course. And, and that doesn't mean that's your entire offense. That's just portions of it, right? Because you're still going to have staples that are that are staples for you that can be run against any defense at any time at any at any moment. Um, that was just some stale moments of, of all of those phases of, of the game that um, that I just mentioned. All right, three things as it relates to a follow-up to this. Three things I got to say. Number one, I admire Sirianni from the standpoint of I think he's a stand-up guy. I think he has had a consistent track record of standing there in the midst of adversity and taking on things, sometimes when it's not even his fault. He does a good job saying it's on me, and I, I appreciate that as an Eagles fan. Number two, with that said, how in, like, you know, the world, could he not see the staleness in December and January and do something to freaking correct it? Now, James, you might say it's just not in his bag, and maybe it's not, but, man. Well, that, I mean, that was also, a, J- I mean, you're, that was a big missed opportunity. What about Jalen? I mean, you're the one who's I always know. being like, it's probably more on Jalen. It's probably more on Jalen. What's yes. Jalen's role in this? I think what, both you know? have a huge hand. I, be- I believe that. And let me give you point three, and I, I want to say this and tie two, two of our favorite teams together and two of our favorite sports together and two managers that we know well, Rob Thompson. So you guys know I've been extremely critical two years in a row of decisions Rob Thompson made near the very end of the year, namely game six of 2022 World Series when he pulls out Zach Wheeler sixth inning and game four of the 2023 NLCS when he puts um, Craig Kimbrell into, I think it was the eighth inning. Eighth inning. Eighth inning. All right, horrible moves. I was critical. Millions of us were critical, rightfully so. But here's the one thing I'll say. It's not about Rob Thompson's defense. There's no defending that. But where I believe Sirianni's whole thing was so much worse, at least Rob Thompson's two decisions there were two decisions made in two moments in time. You know, Whitney Houston, one moment. Like, two moments in time. Horrible call. Horrible call. But it wasn't what Sirianni did. Sirianni, John, was day after day after day. Monday, Tuesday, I'm not changing the offense. Wednesday, I'm not changing the offense. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, let's go play a game. Okay, okay, offense didn't work. Okay, Monday, I'm not changing the offense. Tuesday, I'm not changing the offense. Wednesday, I'm not changing the offense. Okay, let's go play another game on Sunday. Okay, didn't work. Okay, Monday, I'm not changing the offense. Like, I view what Sirianni did, John, as like 50 times worse. Not, you know, as critical in the sense of like one decision – how Rob Thompson two years in a row really hurt a season dramatically, but Sirianni made five thousand decisions over two months and didn't change anything. I view it as so much worse. He didn't change anything because he didn't know how to. How correct? He I believe that have the knowledge necessary, and that's why they've stripped him of the power. Right. That's why they've stripped and, him of the and, power. And they're and they're being forthright about that. And 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 I'm saying like you by doing that, you are undermining the man you are trying to endorse. And and that is that's a problem. That that is a real problem moving forward. And right now, Nick Sirianni, his best attribute is that he can soak up blame. It's not the way he coaches, it's not the way he teaches, it's that he will dive on the grenade 
for this quarterback and wide receiver. He'll dive on the grenade for this GM in the in the front office. Like, that's his best trait. So I do think there's something you might be missing, John. And I'm only saying might because I don't know it for sure. I don't think Seltzer's point here is completely unwarranted as a possibility. What James is saying, if everyone just tune in, what James is saying is, if you don't have him involved in the offense in the nitty-gritty, hard, most hardcore way where it's his offense and he's really calling the shots, maybe all the other stuff he's really good at. And maybe the, the, the loss of belief in that locker room that was relevant to Sirianni was players frustrated that he just dialed up a bad offense. And maybe he's really good at all the other stuff, and that's what the owner and the general manager see, and that's why they choose to retain him. That is possible. I mean, I, I will say, you go back two months ago, I thought Sirianni, I thought Sirianni was a great coach. I thought he checked boxes related to accountability, related to standing up for his players, related to a culture. I really did. I really, really, really did. Do you feel that way now? Do you feel that we have stability Hard to know. head coach? Hard to know. Because I don't. I feel like every single snap of every single practice of every single game, I, I'm now scrutinizing I know. and evaluating. And this front office, this, this organization, that's exactly where they sit. And every, every player in this organization, they are now – Side-eye glancing at Nick. Does he really have what it takes to coach yeah. this team? Well, look, clearly Lurie and Howie do not believe that Sirianni has what it takes to run the offense. Let's listen to Sirianni yesterday. This was very early in the press conference. Sirianni yesterday, the vision for next year's offense as it relates to the offensive coordinator still to be named, and it's very, very clear in my opinion that Sirianni was probably forevermore stripped of power to really run the offense by the owner and the general manager in the last week who said, enough of you having your hands all over it. Time for someone else. Here's Sirianni yesterday. Just for clarification, though, it'll be your scheme and you'll have final authority on, on what is run. Yeah, you know, it's it's our scheme. It's It will be our scheme of what we're, what we're doing. And so, again, I don't know exactly what that will look like yet, right? We're, we're bringing in a guy to bring in new ideas, um, to do the things that, that he's done in the past. Um, we're, gonna, we're going through an extensive uh, search to, to get that right person. Um, but it'd be crazy not to add some of the things that we've done in the past uh, here as well. You- I don't know if it's going to be 95% this. 90, we're not there yet, right? We're working on getting the best guy in here for the job. Um, and, you know, a guy who has a vision, uh, a guy who can, who's going to call the plays, um, a guy who's going to be able to coach a quarterback in the, in the, in the, in the same sense there. Um, so it's just about getting the right guy, and then we'll, we'll, we'll decide where that goes. But I'm hiring him to do a job um, and to be in charge of the offense. Now, listen, you may think this is getting a little too nitty-gritty nitpicking, parsing of words and phrases and how things were presented, but I thought this part that you just heard, was, was one of the most notable five to ten seconds of the entire press conference, which for me spoke volumes about the edict that came from the owner and the general manager to Sirianni, thou shall not do this anymore. Again, this, these were Sirianni's words yesterday about the new offensive coordinator. A guy who has a vision, a guy who can, who's going to call the plays, um, a guy who's going to be able to coach a quarterback. I mean, John, I just thought that was a pivotal moment, and that was early in the press conference. That was the very beginning. And that's, whole, and that's why, for those who are just waking up, you know, if you're listening to us here, you know, John and I both started the show with the belief, and I still believe this, that the, that the owner and the general manager have emasculated the head coach. Now, to Seltzer's point, and he's admitted the use of that term, 
that maybe it can work. Okay, maybe it can work. But, John, you've made the point that you think it'll make it – first off, it's just not ideal because you'd like to have a coach who's a master of the offense or a master of the defense. And and so, you know, not having that is not particularly ideal. Mm -hmm. But, John, you've made the point you believe, based on what we saw yesterday and just the general intuition the players have had and will have, that it will be harder for the players to snap to Nick Sirianni because they've seen their coach basically – like standing naked at the well. Podium. Do you respect Nick Sirianni more today, after after watching yesterday, after listening to yesterday? How do you think the players feel? What what is Nick Sirianni more than a blame sponge for this organization? A blame sponge. Really, they want Nick to be the leader of men, coach of the football team. Now that he's failed at being the young, off up and coming offensive mind play caller, uh, head coach type, that works great when. Guys respect you like they respect Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh and Dan Campbell. Those coaches do, they carry a ton of gravity. They're like black holes, like the, the endless gravity coming off of Dan Campbell and, and, and Mike Tomlin. And because they are consistent and they're ass kickers and, and they are uh, smart and respected and and Dan Campbell as a player he was a tight end he was a protector himself and that's the way he looks at the world and and the biggest factor I and I think how he can't see how critical this is Dan Campbell has not been emasculated by his front office we keep doing it to our guy, we keep emasculating. Look, he's already starting and you're going from back a position to, and you're of going less back, power. You're going back he's to a division also, three right? wide receiver right. compared to a an NFL tight end, Dan Campbell. Like yeah. it is different. That and I'm telling you, I know it shouldn't be, but that does. That's a different starting spot, whether you want to value that or not. Um, now he has become the guy who just takes it. You know, like hey, there's blame to be given. Dole it all over to, to Nick, and, and he'll soak it up. That's the thing he does best. I hate that. I hate the way that feels for me as a fan because that's not what your, your head coach is supposed to be. It's, he's supposed to be a proud man who commands respect. Being a blame sponge is not being a proud man who commands respect. James, is this like in The Wire when we bay? They were going to nail him for murder. Give me another cheeseburger. Give me another cheeseburger. I'll take that murder. <laughs> I did that murder. I did that murder. Just give me another cheeseburger. I'll it's take that murder. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, all right, By the way, let's listen to Howie because Howie, there, look, Howie did a lot of, you know, this wasn't good enough also. I mean, he did a lot of it yesterday. But there was also a couple stretches when he pumped up the success the team had had over the last bunch of years. Um, and and referenced it, you know. Clearly, it's a it's a point of why they are choosing to bring Sirianni back. At least I think I I believe that the success they had. And you know, I listen to Howie for for a stretch he said yesterday, and you got to believe this is a pretty big part of why they chose to retain Sirianni. I think the important thing for us to look at is before the stretch, which was a you know a difficult stretch. You know, not diminishing the one and six stretch at the end. We're 26 and five over the last 31 games. I mean, that's four times the amount of games that we played um, over this stretch. That is hard to do in the National Football League. That is hard to find um, a head coach in this league who has that record of success. Um, I think we were 33 and 11 up until that point um, with Nick. Um, we've made the playoffs three straight years again. Not okay finishing one and six. So I'm not sitting up here saying that, but. 
Um, it is hard to find somebody who can do those sort of things. Well, look, we will take your reaction to what Howie said there, what Sirianni said, all of what they said, in particular some of the audio clips we're playing here, 215-592-9494. Today's show is sponsored by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. You're in the zone. New users get up to $1,000 casino bonus back if you're down in the first 24 hours. Bet Parks, you must be 21 and in PA, New Jersey, Ohio, or Maryland. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLING. Let's also remind you of today's Twitter poll question of the day. It's brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Proud to again be Pennsylvania's number one Chevrolet EV dealer. Arriving shortly, the Chevrolet Blazer EV. Together, let's drive. ArminChevy.com. Today's question, do you feel better or worse about the Eagles after yesterday's press conference? A, better. B, worse. You can weigh in on, uh, on social media there on Twitter and also on the phone lines. Let's get to Ed in Phoenixville. Ed, what's your reaction to all this stuff we're discussing? Uh, I have more questions than I did entering yesterday. Um, I think the one thing that I was kind of looking for wasn't answered was, you know, you know, what do we like want our team's identity to be going forward? I just, you know, you know, Richie mentioned Dan Campbell, you know, the images of toughness, you got the 49ers, John Lynch, one of the toughest players ever, the Ravens, Ozzie Newsome and how he puts that roster together. Like I need some clarity there. And I certainly didn't get that yesterday. Yeah. Not the only way because to... I don't think they have it. Well, I, I, I think that we as fans want it to be built like Dan Campbell, like rough and tumble. Let's run the football and and blitz on defense and be really crazy in that regard. I don't think it's it's anywhere close to the the reality of of what the organization perceives for this team. I think the organization wants to throw the football and be passive defensively to prevent big plays and therein lies a major schism that we have to try to get our brains around yeah i mean i just think that you know you have you know the you know the um uh i forgot the name of the lion's owner but you saw her up in the press box applauding she's not setting the identity for that team the debartolo yorks are not setting the identity for the niners i don't think i've ever seen steve basati at a ravens game so I think they've done a good job of letting their football people handle the identity of their team, and the Eagles are trying to do that from the top down. I just think that's a mistake. That's an interesting point, Ed. Mm. It really is. Ed, give me a big-time answer. You can win Green Day tickets. What's kind of lame? Nickelback. Nickelback. Great answer. Written a wide, James. (laughs) And Nickelback's so lame. Really? I think they're the lamest band of all time. Really? Yeah. I didn't know enough. People dig them. Like, some people do. I I think they're so lame. They're having sort of a resurgence now with the Mahomes stuff. So lame. Yeah. But they, I, the thing that about them that I always bring up is they've sold millions and millions and millions of albums. And wow. like whenever I hear, I'm, I'm not a fan, it's not my kind of music, but I'm always amazed. Like, how did they sell all these albums when people sure. don't like them? Was well, it like Carrot Top? Would you say he's lame? Sure. Because he's also millions and millions or sure. whatever. I mean, the yep. guy made millions of bucks, I assume. I mean, then I hung out with Carrot Top the one time at an Eagles game, and it's a very strange interaction. By hang out, I mean, I, it was in a photograph with him. I, I've, and not one that I asked for. Let me be crystal clear. Hey, Mr. Carrot Top, could I get yeah. a picture with you, please? No, I was with some friends, and it was, was he like tall. He's jacked. Uh, yeah, he well, really he is. was physically strong. That's for damn sure. Really, he was very I mean, physically. Oh, yeah, Richie, so, look it up. Like he's like Jack Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like steroids. I was at the same. Probably was the same game, and went up talking to him a little bit. He was actually very pleasant. Yeah, super pleasant yeah. to chat with, and watched. The game where I was watching the game. All right, 215-592-9494. John, let's get to the Vic Fangio thing. Um, 
it seems like he's probably going to be the coordinator. I mean, there's reports yesterday he left the Dolphins, you know, in all likelihood to come to the Eagles. Um, if it, in fact, turns out to be Vic Fangio, what is your opinion of that? Well, I, I love that he's got a ton of experience in the NFL. He's sort of like the father of I don't know how many defensive trees around this league. You know, Vic Fangio, we're, we've been talking for years now about the 3-4 base defense right. being Vic Fangio defense essentially. But you know what you just said about three minutes ago, passive defense, whatever you said, it prevents a big play. Like, it's going to be the same structural type of defense in almost all likelihood. I'd imagine. So, but, does that bother you? Except, no, uh, yeah. hold on. They almost won a Super Bowl with it for what it's worth. Vic you you got to have better players. He is smart. He knows he's going to use the players he has at his disposal. What he had in Miami was cornerbacks who could cover uh, for part of the year, at which point they're going a lot of man and, and, and denying receptions. At other points of the season, when they did not have cornerbacks, they're, you know, it's prevent the big play stuff. I think you know that Vic Fangio can be depended upon. You know that the base 3-4 and the nickel uh, even front, which is what we've been doing a lot of, like it's more of the same. The, the, the key is now you've got the guy who created these ideas. Is it a good hire? Yes, Richie, great point. play calling. Is it a yes, good hire? absolutely. It's the opposite of what we had last year. We had disjointedness. We had a guy who didn't know the defense. The defense didn't belong to him calling the defense. Now you've got the ultimate. You've got Vic Fangio calling the Vic Fangio defense. If Instead of Fangio disciples, we're getting Fangio. If they're going to run this defense. He can help our young coach just like this offensive coordinator can help our young quarterback. Well, they better get better cornerbacks. Yes, <laughs> they need that. Okay, they better get better linebackers. They yes. better get better safeties. Safety. Yes. And by the way, D linemen better play better. Let's go to Mike in Douglasville. What's going on, Mike? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Hey, man. Hi, Mike. Yeah, so I'm on the complete opposite side of you guys on this one. I'm a seltzer. I think if this is going to work with Nick, it's probably going to have to be in this capacity. Um, Richie, you, you had mentioned that. Man. There were great coaches out there available. Uh, you know, like, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that, well, I'm a, I think we Richie, missed an opportunity you, here. You had said that these players are going to have a hard time showing respect to Sariani. And before I jump in too far, I have well, two, maybe just two feeling. sticking points of this for me. Feeling but, respect. It's different. Richie, like, as a player, I, I think they'll be able to show respect. I, I don't think it's going to be as natural as it should be because heard, of everything that's transpired. Have you heard a player come, come out and question Sariani's leadership? No. Can you imagine that, though, Mike? Like, does that I mean, player want a job wrong. next year? If there was even, if there was even like an inkling of it, a rumor, he of can't it, say. Yeah, Mike, they can't, man. When when Seth Joyner called Cote a puppet, we all know that that was an outlier. Players can't say stuff. They can't. Yeah, but listen, with how much crap's been did they show? Did they show you in the Tampa Bay game that they were bought in? Honestly, it, it, did I think it was more? The game was over before it started. The game was over before it started. Now, do I think they were schematically? Um, broken and the players knew it and it sapped them of their enthusiasm, I do. And I put that more on the coordinators than the head coach. Yeah, but, re but remember this, though, Mike. They knew Sirianni. I'm talking the offense. Well, really, both, both sides of the ball. They knew Sirianni had a huge hand in the offense. So now to ask, what's probably going to be half the players back from, from this current you know, year that just ended to, to 2024, 
to ask the half that are back to buy into Sirianni as they take power away from him after he just, in my opinion, dramatically hurt their chances to advance this year week after week after week by not changing anything. That's a tough ask of players, man. I mean, I'm not saying it's an impossible thing to pull off, but that's not easy. They, they, uh-huh. they put power in Sirianni's hands. He fumbled the ball. The players knew it. Now they say to the players, okay, the, the coach is going to have less power. Go believe in them. Yeah, I mean, Mike, that's tough, man. Mike, now A.J. Brown has a question about something with the offense. He's going to go ask the offensive co- the new offensive coordinator. He's going to give his answer more weight than he gives Nick Sirianni's. But real quick, to Mike's point, all the leaks that have come out, we've had a ton of leaks. Uh, obviously, a player's not going to come out and rip Sirianni, but yep. like we've had all these leaks. None have been about Sirianni They're losing the locker room. They're all They're hurts. All hurts. I know. They're Brian Johnson, Sirianni. There's been not one leak, not one, about, you know, Sirianni's lost these guys. These guys don't trust Sirianni. They don't like him. Not one. And then every player who has talked has been, like, vocal, loud in their support of him. So, like, to Mike's point, yeah. we have not, we have no reports of Sirianni losing the locker room. Listen, Zero. Mike, I think it's a reasonable point that you and James are, are presenting here. And, again, you guys well, know my opinion. I think Hurts was more culpable than Sirianni. One thing that does concern me, and it stuck out the second he said it, he's done the CEO head coach thing for about a year and a half now, right? You've never sat in on a defensive meeting? Well, he didn't say that he, he said has more. It. more. He yeah. said more defensive yeah. meetings. Yeah. That, that, that perked me up real quick. I'm like, hold it was on. Bad. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Mike, give me an answer here. Yeah, give me an, Mike, give me an answer on what's kind of lame. About, uh, I don't know if it's been said I've been in and out, but uh, Nick Sariani's offense. <laughs> yeah, great answer. Well, hey, it's it's the Eagles. I don't think it should be as troubling as as what you're suggesting. Like the idea of him not sitting in on defensive meetings. I know that there are a lot of offensively minded head coaches around the league who sit in on the offensive meetings. Only, that's it. only. Well, you know they'll they'll stop in. Of course, you you have to check in, but they are more focused on the offensive well, sure. side. Uh, I'm sure he was more focused on the offensive side, but therein lies a major problem too. He couldn't fix the offensive problems. He what like he couldn't really do anything. And and moving forward, what do these players expect he can do involvement wise with either side of the football? Well, I I don't know. There's so much like to say nothing. Here. Look, I wish I knew how much Andy Reid uh, would. Uh, either sit in on a Jim Johnson meeting or check in with Jim Johnson about what happened in those meetings. I don't know the answer to that. I, I know this, though. If we're to take Sirianni to his word, that he made the change to change coordinators, if he's not involved with the defense, then how could he really know? Mm-hmm. He couldn't. Right? I mean, what is he, he's just observer guy the way we all are. We just watch games, whether you're at the game or you watch well, it on TV. The, he's just he's just observer guy. When that's the, the crux of yesterday. I mean, is like, that, is it, that what it is? If that's the truth, if the way that you I mean, couched on, it when you fired Sean Desai, like, yeah, that, that is a problem, Joe. I, I think guess. that's a really important point. <laughs> I mean, you're, like, you're going and firing guys, but you haven't sat in on the defensive meetings where they're doing all the planning and installation. So how would you know that he's – performing poorly i don't know all right we got to get to what i thought was one of the great really great questions yesterday from the press conference um about like what's your role great question uh, james you know the question i'm talking about tim mcmanus's oh yeah and he 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 asked it he asked it now there was some hemming and hawing yeah now before we said i'm that coach and then before we get to that before we get to that (laughs) We got to get to other him and Hong because it did remind me, and I'm sure others thought of this, from a, a famous scene from the great movie Office Space. 
hundred percent. Where the two Bobs are sitting down. They're sitting down with all sorts of different uh, people at that. Uh, Inatech, was that what it was called? Inatech? Well, there's one exchange that's particularly famous for movie history. And this is what yesterday's press conference, to an extent, reminded me of. What you do at Inatech is you take the specifications from the customers and you bring them down to the software engineers. Yes, y- yes, that's, that's right. Well, then I just have to ask, why couldn't the customers just take them directly to the, to the software people, huh? Well, uh, I'll tell you why. Uh, because engineers are not good at dealing with customers. So, you physically take the specs from the customer? Well... Now, this is a consultant grilling an employee. No, my my secretary does that, or the facts. So then you must physically bring them to the software people? Well, no. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. Uh, What what would you say you do here? (laughs) Well, look, I already told you. I deal with the damn customers so the engineers don't have to. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. Can't you understand it? What the hell is wrong with you people? All right, I could not <laughs> could not have been the only person in the Delaware Valley yesterday that thought of that scene from that great movie when this, listen to this question, and Sirianni's not stammering quite as much as that guy there, but... uh Listen to this question and Sirianni's answer. It's a very similar question. Like, what exactly do you do or will you do now that it's going to be someone else's offense? If the offensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the offense and the defensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the defense, what is your role going to be? The head coach of the football team. What does that entail? How how does it change? Yeah, um, I guess, what you know, it would be this very similar to what's going on right now. you know, if that mean I'll sit more into defensive meetings at times, maybe, right? Instead of always being in an offensive meeting, maybe I go to a defensive meeting here and there. Um, but my job is to be the head coach of the team, not the head coach of the offense, not the head coach of the defense, not the head coach of the special teams, but be the be the head coach of the football team. And so that's building the culture. That's making sure the culture's, um, you know, working you know with our our five core values are taking every day at a time like we're not coming up with new core values uh i mean we may shuffle of where you know where the things are that are important um and the most important um but that's diving into that building the culture having a relationship with the guys on the football team um because i know when when i have that connection with the guys on the football team um that's when things are you know that when that's when the culture is working um, and, and working at high level. All right, that's Sirianni yesterday. So this year, this year, for the last six weeks, how were you fixing the culture? How were, how were you fixing the culture to, to make the team have a better chance? Well, look. Do you a, know how to fix the culture to make the question, team have Joe. a better chance? Look, there's a lot because to it. Because it didn't look that way, no. did it? Well, you guys know my you theory. You just rehired I, this guy or whatever, yeah. didn't fire this guy. There is no plan in place. Look, I've told you a million times, I think the players are more frustrated with the quarterback than the coach. I did, and I do. And Maybe I, that's the case. I, There's I, a lot of room for frustration yeah, with this coach, too. I agree with that. I don't know how much room for frustration there is with the quarterback. Yes, everyone is culpable. I know. And I, and but, I, man, this coach is doing a really poor job of engendering confidence well, I, in anyone. I will say this, though. While he looked like a beaten guy yesterday, and had some missteps, I think, with some of the stuff he said. Like, I'll drop in on the defense. Uh, 
I thought his answer there was pretty damn strong. I mean, what he's saying is, okay, I'm not doing A, B, and C, but I'll be doing X, Y, and Z, and I'll be doing it hard. So, you know, I mean, James, Again, that, that resonated with how me. Did you me too, and he answered immediately. Year. Like, it was meant to be like uh, everyone is thinking, like, oh, he went at him. He's like, right. I'm the head coach. I'm the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's my job. Like, I thought it was a strong answer. I thought it was a strong you answer, too. You didn't fix the culture. No, but he, he you did have didn't a, again fix the culture. for for he has had a great culture for ninety percent of the time he's been here, and okay. he's not had to deal with it until the last six weeks of the season with right. it falling apart. Like he's asked what his job is. Give him a chance. Now he has an off season to figure yeah. it out. Look, here's what I'll say: I wish we could do. We can't. I'm telling you what I wish we could do. I wish we could take a piece of paper, like it's an election, old school election. It's not electronic. Take a piece of paper, put it right in front of all fifty three players. And say, check one box. Who was more responsible for the downturn oh, of 2023 Eagles? Sirianni or Hertz? I'd be so fascinated to know which box they would check. What do you think they would check? I think they would check Hertz. Yeah. You do you agree with that, Ray? I I you know, I'm I'm with you on that. Like I, I think that answer was, you know, so what is it that you do? Yeah. I the, the Sirianni thing yesterday did not resonate with me. But to me, Hertz showed very little signs of being a leader this year. Yeah. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.